Welcome to the ESBC Betting Podcast. I'm one of uh, two hosts, Brandon Lupian at Port76er. My background is uh, one of the official early on original sports reporters for the New Orleans Saints from the uh, 1090 radio days. I'm joined by Brandon First. You could find him at First Report. Brandon, welcome. He has a PhD in the Philadelphia Eagles. He is also our local genius on our San Diego Padres and has broken down every MB team uh, in regards to what you need to look for when you're betting on baseball. We also have Josh Viscay. He's in the bullpen uh, to, to come in on any one of our discussions. Um, but moving forward, be first. How are you doing today? Doing doing very well. Um, you know, it's a it's a great great day. I know here in Southern California, it's a it's a little warm, but it's still a beautiful day. Um, especially after everything that's going on, it's nice to kind of get out and take a walk, and then run back in, take a cold shower. But um, what you also got going on in the background right now, the MLB draft. Uh, it's a good day because now while there's a lot of uncertainty with baseball and all that stuff that maybe you can close your eyes and, and, and think and pretend for a minute that everything's okay. Maybe a little back to normal and everything that's going on, little things like that are key. And uh, I love this show every week because um, it's, it's kind of everything we do in kind of a lightning round or, you know, everything that you need to know throughout the week, you can get right here. We have content dropping every single day. So there's stuff for you all the time, but this right here, uh, for the betting side of things, is your overview. You're going to need to go deeper into the podcast, but this is your little dip your toe in the water. Uh, so really excited to get this going. And um, we're getting more sports stories. I know the first couple times we started to do this, we were having a scrounge. Now we don't have to do that. So that's really exciting. You know, leading up to um, this week, we mentioned that at, at the end of last week's show, um, there's just not a lot going on. There's a lot of social movements going on, which are very important. And there's a lot of there's a lot of awareness going on throughout the country, but we also mentioned that moving forward, um, there just isn't much. Leagues aren't starting, and I'll tell you right now, um, the NBA from last Wednesday to this Wednesday has made an announcement as far as moving forward. They plan uh, to resume in July with 22 teams in a single sports complex in Orlando. So let's read this tweet. Um, the NBA Board of Governors will meet Thursday with the intention of approving the league's plan for a 22-team return to play in Orlando starting on July 31st, running through October 12th. Under the plan, 13 Western Conference teams, nine Eastern Conference teams will play eight regular season games to determine a playoff seating. Interesting, interesting that the the – number of teams but i'm sure they're just going based on what the the regular season or where the season's records were at the end it's kind of like european soccer you have your top 22 teams and you're they're playing for relegation or whatnot but so now we have our top 22 teams from both conferences um there's a plan for the eighth seed and um it, it'll be interesting leading off um, where we were during the initial beginning of the NBA season, we uh, we were interrupted. Our hot hand was interrupted 
um, Josh is laying out picks and screaming to me, how many consecutive days has this guy team been on the road? Tired legs, tired legs. And I'm like, I know, man, I know. It he wasn't just me. It's not for you, it's the show. And I said, I get it, I get it. But to to each his own, like that we were on, you guys were on mainly, was just blatant. And I'm not sure what this 22 team single site thing is gonna gonna lead to little discussions like that. I could hear Josh say, oh man, now there's no road games. There's no, there's no air travel. There's no this, there's no that. And these guys have had fresh legs for months on end already. It's going to be a lot like the NCAA tournament, I believe, where it's week to week, day to day, and it's just go. And at the end of the, it'll be interesting at the end of the, the series, um, how fatigued, kind of goes into those games and, and how the lines are put out. Your thoughts? I, I agree. It's, it's an interesting, I mean, obviously, look, basketball and hockey, this is going to be a, I don't know if you want to call it an asterisk year, or it's going to be a year that whoever wins it, it will be, oh, you were the one who won at that time. Yeah. And that's fine. I'm not taking anything away, especially from these two sports, because they've played a high majority of the games. And I believe with the NBA – um, and it might have been NHL that made this rule, um, but it was when they picked these teams, it was if you were – there were, I think, 12 games left, so if you were within four, you were invited in. They figured if you're five games out with 12 to go, you know, thanks for coming, but we don't, we don't need to see you. Um, and it's interesting because I've heard – and I don't, know, I, have, I don't know if this is 100%. Um, but they've talked about maybe incentivizing the home court in terms of they ship in your home, like literally your hard hardwood, so that they put it down. Now, if they're having six games a day, I don't know how logistically you do that. I, I know technology is great. It happens. It could happen. That's maybe a little gimmicky for me, but it's going to be interesting because this is almost like, like you said, kind of the spring training. They're all going to be – Almost dorm room style. I like that you brought up the NCAA tournament. This is going to – I think the teams that are really cohesive, I think the Clippers have an advantage over the Lakers. I think the Clippers are a more cohesive team. I think it's a little more balanced as opposed to the Lakers, which is a little more egos and, you know, this and that. And maybe LeBron will want a whole floor to himself for this. And I don't know. But I think that is other things that we need to look at because – this is uncharted territory for all of us, for NBA, for really the whole world. So it's interesting to see how the chemistry, I think, will really affect that because they're going to be together for a very long time. And believe me, we all have family that we've been around. It's not always easy. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe the wrong comparison was the NCAA tournament, but I wanted to mention how they're week by week by week consecutively. Yeah. I think the better comparison may be the Las Vegas or the Orlando Summer League. But then again, we're talking about kids that are trying to make a roster versus professionals that, um, one, are trying to make a seed or a playoff, two, um, going for that asterisk championship. So um, let's use, let's kind of use that comparison because at the end of the day of that NBA Summer League, they do have a playoff, a tournament format playoff, and they do crown a Summer League, you know, winner. 
Um, no, no, like nothing like the N- NBA championships, but I would like to back up and take a look at the pace of those games. And, you know, those games have fed off the, um, the crowd. I remember sitting in a Las Vegas summer league game and the crowd was going wild and it was a Clippers game and the crowd went wild and they were into it. So another factor we uh, need to bring up is the fact that the NBA has, they're going to be fans or not. I don't believe they're going to be fans. I think that's kind of the consensus moving forward is that consensus with hockey as well. Most likely. Yeah, I think it's just easier right now to, okay, hey, hey, let's get them on the ice. Let's get them on the court. Let's let's start putting the product out there. And then everything else, it's going to be a slow rollback. The closest I've heard in terms of any league in the world bringing player or fans back in um, has been the KBO. The Korean baseball organization has talked about their goal maybe in July is 20% capacity. So very kind of similar on a large scale of a big restaurant. You're, you're probably going to have your three or four people or you, and there's going to be some, a, a distance around yourself. So that 50,000 seat stadium just turned into about 1,500, 2,000, 2,500. Concession stands aren't going to be open. Bathrooms aren't going to be open. So you do kind of have to, I mean, what, I, I, that opens up a whole nother can of worms that, yeah. you know, if you really want to shut the bathrooms down at a ball game, the, I pray for your janitor. But um, that's, I think that's the secondary thing right now. I think it's right now, let's get this product out there. Let's get the people remembering what this is, how important it is, and then we'll go. I mean, I know the NBA has talked about channeling the NBA 2K uh, the stadium ambiance in. Um, stuff like that, you know, I know the uh, 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 German, actually, I think it might have been the Premier League wanted to do the same thing with FIFA. So there are little things, but I don't think anybody wants right now wants to be the first one to take that plunge. Right, right, right. So moving forward, um, we talked about this off air. Uh, The MLB draft is going on while we're doing this show. Do you want to update our listeners on, I think it's the first two picks. Just real, we just real, got the third, quick. but yeah, let me just, oops, let me scoot back real quick, grab my remote. There was a name that was a little difficult, so let me just, all right. So all the right. first pick was uh, Detroit. They go third baseman out of Arizona State, Spencer Torkelson. Um, you know, when I'm going to give you these picks, I'm giving you these picks. And that's it. I don't know anything yeah. about these. No, no, no. We don't. We don't have any background on Nothing. any of these guys. We talked off air about the impact or nil impact these guys have coming out of the draft. These guys are three or four years down the road, maybe two or three for a college guy, uh, four or five for a, a school kid. But I love the fact that you brought in something that's important. I, I think our listeners want to know is. Um, the impact moving forward it's going to have on college baseball. If you want to touch up on that, that thought that you had. 100%. And I do just want to actually add one thing on Torkelson because I did actually see an interview about five, 10 minutes before the draft started. And I was very impressed. Um, baseball, I think outside of being a quarterback in the NFL, baseball is the most mental sport that we have. It's a game built on failure. Um, the best ones fail 70% of the time. How do you deal with that mentally? Um, and then we go to the point of, do that in the single leg. Do that at Lake Elsinore. Do that in front of 15 fans. Do you want to keep doing it? That's the struggle. And 
listening to him talk, you could tell he's very well spoken. Um, Polo, I know, you know, don't judge a book by its cover, but you see things like that. And he had a quote because they asked him about what I'm going to segue into is there are a lot of players that their dreams are not going to be realized tonight. Whether it's, it doesn't matter where you're picked, just to hear your name called is yeah. very special. There's only five rounds uh, this time down from 40. That's like pretty much having a, a round and a half in the NFL. Um, so he had a quote, which I absolutely love because they asked him, said, look, you're probably going to be the number one overall pick. What advice do you have to the kids that aren't there, aren't going to get drafted tonight? And he says, you know what? If you believe you're going to make it into the majors, you're going to make it no matter what. That right there just says, look, I don't care. All, the only difference right now is the signing bonus. Right. These kids, there is going – Mookie Betts, fifth-round pick. Jacob DeGrom, ninth-round pick. There is going to be somebody that is signed that is a Hall of Famer from this. Right. They won't be – don't have their name called. And when it goes to college baseball, this is incredible because you have players coming out of high school that, who knows, maybe they're seventh-round picks. And the team throws $500,000 in their face. And maybe the kid – wasn't a big fan of school. Maybe he's going to a junior college because he really wants just to kind of half-ass school and focus on baseball. Well, obviously that money isn't there this year. So what he's going to have to do is either is going to, he's going to have to buck up. He's going to have to go to a D1. And when you go to a D1 out of high school, you got to stay for three years. So what this is going to do for college baseball is twofold. The juniors that were getting ready to declare this year, were maybe a little later or on the bubble of fourth and fifth rounds they're not taking any chances they're signing they're going back to school so yeah. you have the seniors the better seniors that are still there now you also have another probably 15 to 20 percent of high school kids that normally would have signed out of high school now they're going to go play d1 junior college d2 stuff like that this is great for college baseball um on a whole now the financials of college baseball, that's the – it's not in a good spot. But overall, talent-wise, I think this is a good thing for college baseball. And it, I, I go back to what Horkelson said. If you're good enough, you, you get on that diamond and you prove it. Um, and it, it is unfortunate. It's really sad. I, I understand the rationale of going down to five teams, but – or five rounds. Five but rounds. It, it's really, really – I wish they would have pushed it to ten. I feel like 25% hate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I remember the days when there was no limit on the draft. It was just when you were done picking, you know, a guy, a guy like Mike Piazza. Mm -hmm. that, oh, really? But, you know, it's, it's interesting that you brought up college baseball because if you go to a D1, you have to be there for three years. This is probably going to impact those more because if you go to a JUCO, you drafted right that very next year. You, you're just near and near gone or you're drafted. So the impact of junior college guys um, or college uh, signees um, is going to have a, is going to have a big impact. It's, it's interesting. You read, you said that because I want to lead into a guy like Corey Angenberg, who was drafted out of Indian Hills community college by the Padres. And um, he was rated a lot lower than uh, the pick was was warranted, but a lot of it had to do with signability. Signability for these five rounds is going to be monumental, to say the least. 
the dirty word in the draft is my agent is Scott Boris. Right. <laughs> you know what? Unless you're the Padres, because they've been doing well, pretty well with the. Well, with, it's, with, it is a little different now. They've kind of taken the NFL style of things that look. Yeah. This is where you're slotted in. Slotted, yeah. Um, you know, you can go up here or down here, but you know, baseball's baseball draft is the only draft you don't trade picks. It's the only draft that free agency. Uh, it, it has such a huge impact. I know the NFL draft they give you picks, but I mean, this one you, you're you're drafting right after the first round for free agency. And like I said, I mean, the best kids that we see, the most major league ready kids, we won't see for another year and a half, maybe right. two. With, out a minor league season that we have. Right. So did you want to move into the, the second overall pick? Yeah, so the you second overall name? pick um, came out of Arkansas. And um, let me just, like I said, his name was a little difficult. But uh, coming out of Arkansas, it is a little odd because there was a lot of talk that um, the second baseman out of Vanderbilt, his name, right. uh, let me just see it right here. All right. Uh, Austin Martin was expected right. to be the number two overall pick. Um, it's we are now at pick number five, and we have yet to see that. So, um, baseball is a draft. You are going to go draft the players that are best available. Um, and a lot of this, especially this year, with no real scouts getting a ton of looks at everybody, it's a real big crapshoot. Um, and I mean, you, you see these highlights right now that they're showing compared to, like, say, the NFL highlights, the guys coming out of Texas A&M playing in front of 100,000 people. They got guys playing on, like, it looks like, you know, a, a, a little league field that I played on on my worst days. So it's, it's a very, very interesting situation. Um, and I think it's pushing baseball in the right direction. This right here is going to get the baseball juices flowing in the people's minds and and the front office guy, but they're gonna go, hey, you know what? We just did all this work. Let's play some baseball this year. Well, it's interesting to see. I don't have the fourth pick, but I have the first three picks. First three picks are guys out of college. I'm mm -hmm. wondering if that's the MLB route right now. It's it interesting to to hear Artie Moreno of the uh, Anaheim Angels furloughed his entire scouting department last week prior to today. Um, kind of hard to build a minor league system, but maybe that's because we're only going five rounds and they have an, a pretty good idea of what they're going to do. Unfortunate of the furlough, but hey, I mean, he's a, he's a businessman when it comes down to it. Yeah. Um, on to our, the rest of our Major League Baseball stories. The latest proposal, 89 games, right? Manfred coming out saying there will be MLB. You and myself have spoke earlier this week. They might as well just cancel it. Why, you know, I think that's kind of like the sentiment across the Twitter world. Is it going to happen or not? Um, at least there's a plan in play, is from what I've heard. There's going to pl a plan in play. All it has to do is with the financials, the compensations of the players versus how many games that they're going to play. We've heard, we've heard 50, we've heard 100, over 100, we've heard 89, 76. Is this going to happen? It is. I do think we are going to get baseball. I think we're going to get a 48 game as half-assed a season as you can get in the deal in March 
that the players and owners uh, pretty much signed that kind of was like, oh, hey, they came together, they figured it out. Um, uh, they, in that deal, it pretty much says that the commissioner can come in when all this is said and done and go, hey guys, we're playing 48 games. These are the dates, get your ass to camp. What's that and, date? It was, there was a date. I'm not 100% yeah. sure what yeah. that date is. I don't even know if it's been released, but I do know for a fact that it's a situation of um, the owners not yeah. wanting to pay these players 50% of their salary to play 81 games when they look at 40 games with no money coming in. This is right. the owners are going to run out the clock and then it's <laughs> going to be, oh, well, I guess all we have now is 48. And I guarantee you, just pick one more on top of the CBA. If that happens, you're going to have in the offseason, you're going to have a grievance filed because now the players are going to say, hey, why did we take all this time, all this time, and you essentially ran out the clock? It's essentially negotiating in bad faith. It really is. And it, really it is. is. And before I get away, I, I missed um, uh, putting the plug in when we talked about the Orioles' uh, second pick. Uh, tomorrow, we have uh, Dr. Steve, who's uh, in the beginning of the podcast, he was, he was great. Look, we're all West Coast guys. Um, Dr. Steve's in the Midwest. We started late on the West Coast, so it was really late for Dr. Steve. So he, um, unfortunately, had to take a step back amazing that we are going to get him back tomorrow he's going to be talking um look he's he's an author and not just an author an author of something i think that's very relevant right now um and it's gun ownership and before you roll your eyes it's safe gun ownership and this is how it should be he's a great um author he's a, a amazing follow on twitter um one of our um uh, craig miserat asked him one night um when all this was kind of going on about um, Dr. Steve thoughts about how to change the law enforcement environment. And I'll tell you what he, at first he said, I'm so tired. And I thought, Hey, you know what? He's going to sleep on it or this yeah. or that. 15 minutes later, he came back with five that not only made sense, were really easy to figure out, but they were like, wow. Like yeah. Dr. Steve, I know you're really smart, but, but we need smarter people or we need smart people like you in that type of stuff. In so uh, tomorrow, tomorrow we're going to have him um on and he's going to talk uh, you know gun ownership and and really something that we all you know you really need to have a sit down and talk about yourself with um so i, I just want to throw that in there because i did miss it um earlier but um you know when it does when we do play baseball because like i said i do think we will play baseball at the end of the day the players and owners know how important it is this yep. would be a death sentence to baseball if after all this is said and done you can't play a game because you're pinching pennies on the dollar okay that's just while well, we're all out of work come on get 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 to work let's go um i think it will get played interesting i wrote an article about it i did the research on it at the 50 game point last year in the national league three teams including the national league championship series both participants the cardinals and the nationals would not have made the playoffs and the braves who were the second best team in the uh, National League when it was all said and done, uh, regular season-wise, they would not have made the playoffs unless it was this – they pretty much would have been the seventh seed. So that just tells you how – going from 162 to 50, I mean, I can tell you that and you can figure it out, but really shows you the difference. I mean, three of the five playoff teams in the National League 
would not have made the playoffs, including the entire National League Championship Series. Right, right. You know, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because when baseball does get started, we're now seeing states opening up to professional sports. California, jo- July 31st, is going to open up to professional sports. Um, I read this about the MLS versus the USL. The MLS kind of more or less dug themselves in a hole committing to plan their entire league um, at, in Orlando as well with, as the, in, with the NBA, while the USL has teams in these states that are starting to open up and um, provide that for its fans. So it'll be interesting to see uh, once baseball does get started. Let me ask your fellas a question. What? Oh, um, yeah, both of you guys just said that the MLS is going to be in Orlando. All right. Orlando, if you haven't been to Orlando, I'll, I'll set a picture again. Orlando is La Mesa in downtown. That's whole of Orlando. And it's so hot that everybody has to stay inside in air conditioning. NBA is going to be there with MLS. Are there too many people in Orlando for COVID-19? And Florida has had the highest week because COVID-19, you can't, uh, because we're being lied to with all the numbers, you can't do one or two days. You have to do a week, right? Uh, Florida has had the highest spike of COVID-19 places for a week. So yeah, and, and Arizona's not too far behind. I read that too. Um, it'll be interesting to hear what kind of live manipulation propaganda um, is going to take place in, in states like California, where there was a number of, of protests up and down the state. So we'll see. It, it's interesting. Thanks for bringing that up. But you're right. The MLS, the NBA, they're going to be confined to, was it Disney World in Orlando? Right. Yeah. Do, do, yeah. Do you think it's 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 too many teams? Do you guys think there's too many teams clustered in one absolutely. area? Absolutely. Twenty-two NBA teams, absolutely, and their families. Now we're talking about not sure how many MLS teams and possibly their families, where the kids may be thinking it's a vacay because they're at, they're at the, you know, in Disney World or whatnot. You know, it's work for those guys and it's exposure for everyone else. But you know. On top I'll of add this to, I'll add this to it, all right? Yeah. I'll ask you guys a question. Is it too many people together, right, for COVID-19? And is it in coach? Coach is perfect for this question. Coach, the families being close together. Are going to be fights between families, families on the same team, family between leagues? Because remember, this, this is 99-degree heat, 90% humidity, and everybody is close together, all these families. Well, I mean, if you're looking, if you're looking at it like that, you know, against against social distancing laws or rules, yeah, it's it's just way too many, right? But you get these NBA. Remember, Florida doesn't have any social distancing mask or laws or anything like that. You know what? Maybe not, but maybe the the that place will. But when you get these guys that are on the road together, right? Either sport, um, and now they're traveling with families and they're going to be confined, heck yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a high risk area or heck yeah, it's going to be a high risk thing, you know? 
Um, I, I saw there was one um, COVID case for a player in the Premier League, and they haven't. They don't know what they're going to do yet. So who knows what the plan is? Because there hasn't been any plan set. When when there is another probably Rudy Gobert kind of situation where he's all over the microphones and and spreading it, and and who knows what the the ramifications of just that one case is going to be. But I'm glad we you were able to bring up the um the the protests that we've had um because it 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 seems like is colin kaepernick coming back i know he's in talks with seattle i've heard um a couple of players bring up his name uh that are on the seattle roster be first your thoughts um you know i i think um, obviously Kaepernick, we, we know, we, we know the story. We know everything that happened. Um, I think something that's not working in his favor right now is the fact that Cam Newton is still a free agent. Um, you know, I mean, social issues aside, Cam Newton's a better quarterback. Um, I think everything I've heard, unless he really has changed his tune, I mean, Colin Kaepernick wants like 25 to $30 million to come in to be a starter. Um, <laughs> The, the NFL is about dollars and cents. It's not about giving social justice. And they don't, they can tell you that's what it is. But these, these guys are signing players because they want to win football games. Um, now, I will say there have definitely been times where, yeah, maybe Mike Glennon or, or a couple other guys shouldn't have been signed and maybe Kaepernick should have. But right now, the way we look around, the way we're looking at everything, Cam Newton is the better quarterback. And let's not forget, this like last year, Colin Kaepernick had a workout for NFL teams. He that didn't make it easy for NFL teams to go. Not a whole lot of teams were able to make. I think like overnight he he moved it like fifty miles. I kind of forget the backstory, but if I I understand why people want Kaepernick, I'm just over here saying the NFL. That's not the way NFL does business. Right. The NFL is not here to put a smile on your face unless it's putting money in their pockets. So, and, and let's also not forget um, that Cam Newton, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick, he, he opted out of a $17 million contract. The last time he played football, he was the reason he wasn't on a football team. Now, okay, maybe he was blackballed, but I'm sure there are plenty of owners that said, I didn't want to pay Colin Kaepernick $25 million. Can you, you know, argue with that? I can't. You know, it's interesting that his name's being brought up again because the last time I heard prior to that tryout or whatever he was given out, wasn't there a collusion case going on with him, his lawyers, and uh, against the owners? Yeah. Has there been any closure? It was, a, it, it was settled, and an, I believe a non disclosure agreement was signed. Um, I don't think anything has come out. Everybody. I think it was a story for a couple days. Everybody kind of got the whole don't talk to me about it and then everyone shut. But I do remember that it was settled and I'm sure someone paid a lot of money for it not to be talked about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, just do want to, uh, it isn't picked yet, but the Padres are on the clock and um, keep an eye on it. I do believe that kid out of Vanderbilt is still available. I no, don't know if the Padres, 
He got picked up. He got. So he did up. get picked up. Okay, yeah. yeah he I've got been trying. It's so Mariners, hard to keep eye on this freaking MLB network. They have like four different lines going down the bottom of the screen. It's ridiculous. But gotcha. Um, but yeah, the Padres are on the clock. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, 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 no. You're good. You're good. Don't don't feel like you're interrupting at all because. This um, is oh, and one more thing. Uh, just I'll, I'll kind of just to kind of hold time so we can keep for the Padre pick. Um, another thing that football, even if Kaepernick does say, "Hey, I'm up to be the backup." Coaches and front general managers, they're not fans of your backup quarterback being more popular than your starting quarterback. The first time Sam Darnold throws two interceptions in a game, you're going to hear Kaepernick, Kaepernick. Now, for the Jets, is it smart to put Darnold off to the side and put Kaepernick in? No, but... It was kind of the Tebow effect. I know it's different. I'm not trying to draw parallels. I'm just saying there are a lot of play, uh, a lot of owners that didn't want Tebow in there because he was such a polarizing figure in the backup, um, the backup quarterback role. Yeah. That is another thing. Coaches do not want your backup quarterback to be more popular than your starter. So you think there's going to be more? Because this is the only team I've really heard was the Seattle Seahawks. Talk to talk to Kaepernick. Interesting that they have Russell Wilson as their starter, and then they're bringing him um, Kaepernick in to talk. But I believe this is the second or third time they've actually brought him in. So um, it'll be interesting moving forward. Um, Seahawks have always kind of had the, 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 the you know, um, obviously Richard Sherman's very outspoken. Um, yep. Earl Thomas, very outspoken. Michael Bennett. Uh, that is kind of the, the uh, I don't know, the – you know, the social justice fighters for the league, that group there. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, it's, I also did hear Minnesota. I think that was more a plea to the city um, than anything. That sounds um, kind of fake. And, and that, that goes right to the heart of your backup being more popular than your starter because Kirk Cousins is not a popular guy uh, in Minnesota. And, I think at the end of the day, if we do see Colin Kaepernick sign, I just hope he was signed for the right reasons. Right. Um, he, there is zero doubt in my mind that if he gets signed, he will be the number one jersey sale. He will sell things out just for sitting on the sidelines. People will show up for the national anthem and leave right after. And right. The end of the I just day, have to interject, right? I just, yeah, I just have to interject because mm -hmm. George Floyd logic would say, you don't want to sign them for the wrong reasons, but you didn't sign them for the wrong reasons. You're right. You are correct. You're right. <laughs> Being hypocritical. Well, George you're right. Floyd. I didn't go that far, but. Yeah. I'm just saying what's going on. That's what's fair. Out there. No, you're kind of caught. You're kind of caught in the middle, right? You know, like yeah. when you mentioned Minnesota, I was like, that's kind of a. I mean, that's just. A they have a drop back offense with a super white quarterback. Yeah. Super white coach, too. I believe a super white owner as well. But I guess – no, hold on. Now they're all super white owners. Never mind. Uh, but the pick is in. So we will end the minute uh, MLB Network decides to end the suspense. Um, but a really, honestly, another really good week um, of stories. And we're getting closer to Normal. You know, betting and making money and putting – and proving to all of you, I mean, most of you people know, you've been with us through the NFL, um, all that stuff. You know that we make you money. Um, but there are some of you that maybe have hopped on board during all this and you haven't seen it just yet actually, you know, felt the money go into your pocket. So really excited to get that going. 
um, and, you know, get that money flowing. And hopefully uh, the MLB will do me a favor and uh, put this pick in. Last thoughts for you, Brandon? You know, I'm just kind of itching. I'm kind of, you know, you're a Padre guy, but Padre myself, you're, you have a whole lot more insight on, on the team and, and, and it's the background, but I'm still a fan. I'm still intrigued by their minor league system. I'm, I'm still intrigued by, you know, the picks. I'm still in their trades. I'm still, you know, I'm a fan of the team. So I'm kind of waiting patiently for this pick to come in. And they just went to commercial, by the way. MLB Network, I tell you, they they absolutely love it. And, and this is what I talked about before. It's very yeah. similar to the NFL draft. Um, they're not beholden to the commissioner having to walk on stage. They're pretty much the one telling him to go on. Um, but the draft is for small market teams like the Padres, like the Tigers, like the, this is really important. Um, it's not the NFL. Not everybody can go do what they need to do in free agency. Everybody has the same amount of money. Um, so there are teams and, and you'll see, I was just looking over the last 12 picks, first round picks. It's been Orioles, Tigers, first overall pick. So that tells you those players haven't hit. Now, obviously, the last year's first overall pick for the Orioles is probably the, one of the top prospects in baseball. He's coming around. But, um, you know, just looking over the best available as an MLB um, outfielders, that seems to be the key. You got a pick between either a, a college or a high school outfielder. Um, and then you got a big lefty. And I, I got to say, uh, I actually did see his name's Reed Detmers out of Louisville. He pitched last uh, in the tournament last year. I actually saw him yeah. pitch a uh, big lefty. I would not be opposed to that. Um, I do think though, if they are smart, I think one of those three outfielders would be the best way to go. Um, now, obviously you, you don't really draft for need because it, they're so far away, but um, we, the Padres hope that, we have our three starters in Gore, Patino, and Paddock already. Yep. Um, we don't really know. I, there's not a ton of um, prospect power coming from the outfield position. I mean, Taylor Trammell is our best prospect, and he's not amazing. So I would he's like them so to see them go college because yeah. they'll be quicker to the majors. But the Zach Veen kid out of high school, I mean, you, you see, if you see high school uh, numbers for these kids, oh, man, you just think all these kids are going to be Hall of Famers. Right. So um, is there a discrepancy? Oh, it looks like the pick's in, actually. Oh, there we go. Do you have and, it? Yeah, and it was off that story that I sent you earlier. Outfielder Robert Hassel from Independence High School in Tennessee rated the number one high school bat in the nation. So I think I was just going to ask you, what have the top seven picks looked like college versus high school? But in regards to Preller, Gore High School, David uh, Weathers High School, C.J. Abrams High School, this kid now, Robert Hassel High School, more of that high ceiling approach still versus that immediate sooner impact, low ceiling approach, taking a college guy. So interesting, Preller sticks to his kind of MO, the last four drafts, five drafts. Um, so good. I'm, I'm glad. Um, this is someone that they're. It was really interesting. You don't normally see the first eight picks, majority college players. 
Um, a lot of that, though, was the fact that pitchers in high school, um, the, the really good pitchers don't really get going until league play or especially, I mean, look, if you're RB, you don't need your starter to beat Westfield. Now, uh, Rancho Bernardo, I mean, and for people who don't know, Rancho Bernardo is an absolute baseball power in San Diego. Um, but so they, they're later on, that's when those kids get rolling. Well, there was no later on. A lot of these kids, probably that uh, the outfielder that we took, probably has nothing on, on uh, stats this year because uh, they weren't, you know, pushing him in right away or maybe five or ten games. So normally we see more high school. This year is opposite. I think we're seeing more college activity go. Um, and it's interesting to – I'm happy the positive went the way they did. Like I said, being a big – the week that's cool, but we need outfielders. And I know he's four or five years away. But this yeah. is another. Just, just stick them in. And let's see in four years what the investment is. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that kind of wraps up what we had going on this week. Brandon first, thank you for joining. Josh, thanks for coming in out of the bullpen. In conclusion, to wrap things up, remember, you know, I think when you enjoy what you're doing, you get where you want to go. The legendary Steve Fisher while he was the basketball coach at San Diego State. Thank you for listening. We look forward to next week. Don't forget, is it tomorrow? We have Dr. Dr. Steve. Steve coming on. And um, Josh, can you remind me of who he's going to be joined with? I'm sorry, I did forget the name and I don't want to mess it up. Uh, Dr. Steve, he wrote a great book on uh, self-defense, legally owning a weapon. He will be with Deborah Holly. Deborah Holly is a 12-year, 20-year veteran of the military. She's on the Republican Central Committee in Orange County, California. She's a advocate for uh, gun rights, Second Amendment rights. And she's going to give the female perspective of being able to, you know, I'm a guy who uh, people say that I'm in a danger zone because the one who has guns is my wife has a nine millimeter in her purse, and so does her mother. So she come running up when you dropped that weight last last week. Oh <laughs> well, no, no, because we were filming. If not, uh, she probably would have. So yeah, so we got Doctor Steve, and, and everybody needs to listen to all the podcasts uh, starting Sunday with Lauren. Norris Johnson, prominent attorney in Irvine. She taught us from A to Z criminal justice system, where we've been, where we are now, and where we need to go. Then on Monday, we had newest member of the ESBC Podcast Network, Julian Sick, give us the perspective of the African American, what they're feeling. But a very pragmatic view, not to the left, not to the right. He, you know, he talked about Al Sharpton being an informant for the FBI and how, you know, guys like that talk a lot and do nothing, right? We're, we're a do podcast and we're a neutral podcast. We do not get involved in politics. We only have one issue and that's the legalization of sports betting across the country and being taxed at a 
level and the winnings not counting against the taxes. That's, that's the only politics we get involved in, right? Uh, I, we didn't have the wolf line, but I'm gonna come back later tonight and in lieu of the wolf line, I'm gonna outline 10 reforms for local government, local government corruption that we came up a long time ago talking about government, local, local government corruption that we follow. So you can make your own decision. 10 reforms we gotta do and police reforms ahead of uh, Dr. Steve tomorrow. Dr. Steve and Matt Bird, anti-corruption advocate in Florida comes on Thursdays, right? We're having Dr. Steve as an added bonus. Friday is mental health kit, special aid kit. Everybody has to have, especially in the middle of a pandemic, COVID-19, riots, recession, all right? That's what we do on the podcast. We're keeping track of all that so you can make money betting on these games, right? So none of this distracts you from making money betting on games. So Friday, we're going to have that end. On Saturday, and you're like, man, what's going on? What's going on is that Brandon Lupin and Brandon First and myself, we do not believe in having any days off. We don't take days off. So Saturday and Sunday, Brandon First is either going to come up with a Major League Baseball betting podcast or a Southern California podcast. Because once baseball starts, every single day, we are going to give you at least three wagers of Southern California baseball teams. That's one way, because the number one objective for this podcast is for ourselves to make money. And by doing so, you end up making money. So we're going to have all those picks. The Wolf line is going to be on there. The Wolf line is going to have their line on there. So you can compare it with the real line in the pick we have because it's a process. You don't give a man a fish, we teach them how to fix. So Saturday and Sunday, Brandon Furtz is going to come up with a Southern California baseball betting financial podcast and a Major League Baseball financial betting podcast. And now every Sunday, uh, First Report and I have committed ourselves to have an article published for the audience that also likes to read. We found that a large audience loves to read. Uh, that article Brandon first wrote, uh, the man behind the curtain is blowing up. People still are reading it. Obviously people are sharing it. It's organic. The people in Toronto are going crazy over that article. Uh, Brandon first has to go to Toronto with somebody fancy as in Toronto. And then Monday, we're going to come back with NBA. And then we're going to keep it rolling. Then Tuesday, we analyze the way the financial markets, right? How they're lying to you, how CNBC is lying to you. Right? One of my favorite guys on, on CNBC today, I went on there, huge, big lie. A whopper, man. So I can, you know, I got these books out. I read them every day, right? So one of the reasons is to really be on how you're being lying to and manipulated, right? So what we do is we take 
the financial markets, how you're being lied to, and we connect it to the sports betting market, right? Because rule number two of baseball, of baseball, anything, baseball betting, anything betting, is do your research, and then we'll be back right here where we are right now with uh, stories, betting stories, gambling stories, so you can make money with Brandon First and 2016 Coach of the Year, uh, Brandon Lucia. Thank you for that, Josh. Thank you for listening. Be first. Going to continue to watch the draft. Um, tomorrow we're back on. 6-11 is the date for tomorrow's show with Dr. Steve and Josh. Um, it'll be on Facebook. So we could have everywhere, every those, platform, anything, every platform we're on. Look out for those watch parties as we share and um, indulge your mind with uh, what's going on in today's uh, today's times. So thank you again, and we are out of here until next Wednesday, guys. Thank you.